You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello and hello to the online podcast. I'm your host Chris O'Brien, and we're going to start on the middle load here. I I know I normally start this off by being all hyperactive and fun, but I'm not doing that this week. Um, I will get hyperactive and fun over some stuff we're talking about later. We'll be talking about the G1, and we'll be talking about more of Lucha Underground. Um, just some some more fun stuff, some more unpopular opinions. But I'd be remiss if I didn't start with the passing of Leon White otherwise known as Vader, Big Man Vader, depending on where you lived. And yeah, he's it's a big, big loss. He was the best big man ever. I don't think I'm going to get lynched for saying that because everyone else has been saying it. But yeah, like it's funny. If you remember last week, I think I mentioned this. I literally just started getting into Vader. Like I... What happened was one day I got bored, and as you do when you have like new Japan World of WWE Network, it's just like I'm just gonna put on a random show, you know, just pop into the world of wrestling in a random point and see how I feel. And I went on to Halloween Havoc '93, and I was just it was just sort of on in the background, but then like Cactus Shack and Vader came out, and I'm like, well, these are two people I care about, so I'm just gonna stop up and doing and pay attention to this match. And, oh boy, what a match. And then from there, like, because I'd always seen, like, most of McFoley's best and most famous stuff. And even some of his TNA run at you. But, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go off and watch a bunch of the best Vader matches. So I just went off, looked up what people thought to be some of the best Vader matches. And, you know what? He is just... He earned the moniker. Like, I watched him... In WWE, because I like it's before my time. Obviously, I w- started watching in two thousand seven when I was ten years old. But I had videotapes of like mid nineties um, WWF, like just before the Attitude Era, like the latest I went. I think was Rumble ninety eight, because that's all people in my town had apparently. But <laughs> like I remember seeing him against the Undertaker. Like at that point, I had, it was that like Royal Rumble ninety seven and. At that point, I already knew who The Undertaker was. I had watched WrestleMania 23, so I beat Batista, and I was just sort of like, ooh, this Vader, he better be impressive if he's going to beat The Undertaker, and he was impressive, and he did beat The Undertaker. Like, looking back, it's not a great match, and, like, chances are, if it's a great Vader match, it didn't come from WWE. Like, I think the best matches involving Vader come from WWE. As far as I've seen was um, Canadian Stampede um, with Undertaker, um, well, I don't know what else. I can't think of many other good matches. The match with Sean was good, but sort of like the story around it, it with Sean sort of fucking over Vader, wasn't great. Just Vader was. If you only know Vader from WWF, go watch his WCW stuff. Go watch his match with Ric Flair at Starcade '93 or um Cactus Jack at Halloween Havoc '93. And honestly. I I was gonna his match with Stan Hansen. I forget where it was, but he had a match with Stan Hansen, and it was great. And like he's he's had great programs with basically every wrestler under the sun. He went everywhere. He did have a great run in New Japan, but I've not watched much of that yet. 
I'm now fully intend to. Like I, I was listening to Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez's um, tribute to Vader, and yeah, like it, I didn't know he was the first ballot um, wrestling observer newsletters Hall of Famer. You know that's sort of the most prestigious Hall of Fame, I'd say, because it's not kayfabe. But yeah, just I, I didn't. I don't want to spend this whole podcast talking about Vader because, really, as someone who didn't grow up with him, and not qualified. In retrospect, he's one of my favorites. But not growing up with him, and I'm sure people who have grown up with him are given much better tributes than this. But he was great, and it, I is one of the few people. I'm like, I wish you were around now and not so long ago. He may not have stood out so much, and actually, if he was run now, he might not have the likes of like Keith Lee and Walter and all these great big men. But Vader was sort of bigger than them, and sort of was better than them. Like I have no doubt that Keith Lee can get to that level, but right now he's not at that level. Like the closest person really right now is Jeff Cobb, who actually we'll be talking about later on in this podcast. But yeah, this, I wanted to say a few words, um, because mo- a it's. Part of, he's a big part of New Japan history. He was he sort of put the G one on the map, um, with some of his matches in the first G one that became a tradition. And secondly, he's just retrospectively one of my favorite. Go what especially that flare match at um Starcade ninety three. Go watch that. It's just a masterclass in both um work rate and storytelling. And I I haven't watched all of Starcade ninety three because. I've heard the rest of it's shit, but that is one of the best matches of all time, even looking back. Like, it's one of those matches you don't need to live through to see how good it is. You know, it's sort of like how everyone knows what happens in Star Wars. It didn't make Star Wars less cool. So, seriously, uh, actually pretty appropriate, Vader. But, um, yeah, look back. Um, if you're playing Fire Pro Wrestling, play as Vader, because let me tell you, that is power in your hands. Like, you never feel power like you do playing as Vader in Fire Pro Wrestling, let me tell you. But, yeah, that's all I want to say about Vader. He's amazing. Go watch his matches. But with that out of the way, we do need to keep going and talk about Kazuna Road. I'm not going to talk much about Kazuna Road. Um, the biggest thing out of it, actually, is the G1. But that's a whole separate segment, which I'm going to talk about near the end of this podcast. But, no, Kazuna Road's been good. Some good tag matches. Jeff Cobb is, of course, really impressing because he's Jeff Cobb. Um, the most notable things, Desperado and um, Takahashi had a good match. I'm not sure I like it more than their Super Genius match because that was such a surprise on, but for me at least. But yeah, it was a good match. Definitely, if you have New Japan World and you have like, I don't know how long it was. I can't remember, but if you have a bit of time to kill, watch it. Why not? And um, Goto and Elgin had a decent match, I guess. I'm I'm sort of sad that it's back on Goto, to be honest. I think it was a bit more interesting on Elgin. Um, but, no, it's back on Goto, and Jeff Cobb came out to challenge him. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. You have no idea how excited that makes me. Like, if Elgin's, like, the ultimate big man, but he's a bit short. So Jeff Cobb sort of helped. And actually, Jeff Cobb had the match of the week for me. But not in New Japan. We'll be getting onto that again later in the show. But yeah, because in the road's been fun. Like these as standard C shows, like Road Two shows for New Japan. You know, get to see your favorites. There's been a couple title matches. It's been decent. But it's there really is not much to talk about with these, and there never is. Um, but if you want to watch New Japan tag action, why the hell not? Why the hell not? Because in the road's fun.
But actually, it's quite nice to go on to our next topic, which is G1 Special in USA. Uh, there's going to be a preview show next week, I believe. I believe Rob's taking over, because I'm going to be at Transmit, watching the Arts and Monkeys and Liam Gallagher and having the time of my life. So he's here talking to you about wrestling. Not that that isn't fun. But, um, so he's going to be doing the preview show, but I think I may as well just go through the card here and just talk about what I think is going to happen. Just... It's not going to be as in-depth as the preview show. I'm just going to be talking about why things going to happen on some important matches. For example, I'm not going to be going in-depth between Chaos and the Tongan part of um, Bullet Club with Haku. Yes, Haku. I'm actually looking forward to this because Haku is just a meme for me and I love it. Um, we have Torayano and Ishii versus Suzuki and um, Sabre rematch from Dominion. That should be fun. Um, Kushida and Tanahashi versus Skull and Hangman. That should be fine. Not really worth talking about. Goto versus Jeff Cobb. But now you may remember, like, what, a minute ago when I lost, when I sort of got a bit turned on by the prospects of this match. Jeff Cobb is amazing. And, like, if you haven't seen him, what the fuck are you doing listening to this podcast? But he is great. He is such mad strength. I talked about him a wee bit last week. And the prospects of him versus Goto is just... Great, like Goto is sort of New Japan's big underdog, taking on a monster like this, perfect. Um, a rematch between Sonata and Evo against the Young Bucks for the tag titles. I hope the Young Bucks win this. Like, I hope they just don't hot shot it. They have a tendency to hot shot tag titles, which is a bit annoying. But yeah, it should be a really good match if it's half as good as the one they had at Dominion. We're in for a winner here. Um, Osprey and Okada versus Bushi and Naito. Yeah, okay, good. Um, keep that feud going, I guess. Um, we have Takahashi versus Dragon Lee. Now, this is what I wanted. Like, I remember on Twitter, I believe it was, someone tweeted Meltzer and I was like, do you think they're going to have um, Takahashi go over El Desperado and have him face Dragon Lee? And he was like, well, that's exactly how I'd book it. That's exactly how everyone would book it. Dave, because it is an amazing match. Like, they've never had a bad match. It's never boring. And honestly, Dragon Lee versus Takahashi is a match of BA candidate. Like, I know, like, since the Super Junior Finals, we've had, like, match loads of matches of BA candidates. But it's just amazing. It's They're just the perfect pairing. Like, in the same way Okada fit so well with Omega, Dragon Lee and Takahashi just fit each other so well. And I love it. Um, Jay White versus Juice Robinson? Good. Good. As this should have been a Dominion in my opinion, but, you know, it went on forever. I'm fine with it being here. Give the Americans a good marquee match. Well, not marquee. Like, it's not going to sell out, but it could be a coming out party for these two. And I really hope it is. I really hope it is. And Omega versus Cody. I think I went into this last week. I'm not really looking forward to this match that much. Like, I'm sure it'll be good. Um, but for a first title defense, I think I'd prefer him against... So just like Ishii or something just to keep that tradition going but okay yeah fine if, honestly as long as it's better than the match at War of the Worlds which I thought was a bit terrible I'm I'm fine I'm like I, if they can inject more storytelling like Cody's great at the storytelling in a promo I'm not sure he's great at in ring I haven't seen great evidence of that and I hope he can like if anyone can pull out a match of the year out of Cody it's a mega so we'll see. 
Like, I, I know not to judge before the matches happen, but they had a match a few months ago and it wasn't great. So I just hope it's better than that. Moving on from that, let's talk about something that's exciting every week and not just every few months. Lucha Underground, who I love. It's my favorite weekly show. Well, okay, NXT, but like for different reasons. Like NXT sort of has the overall package, whereas Lucha, like it's a more fulfilling weekly show is NXT. But Lucha Underground's a more fun weekly show. I like them for different reasons. But no, Lucha Underground was great this week. Um, unlike NXT where it's just your standard post-takeover lol. But um, so good. Um, Jack Swagger came out. That was still the worst bit. It was actually a pretty bad bit where um, Son of Havoc, I believe it was. I can't remember. Like, oh no, it's Killshot. Killshot was hitting his um, kick on the apron. And, like, he was setting out by throwing Swagger out the ring, as, as you do. Swagger went halfway, ran halfway across the fucking temple. Ran back with fucking kill shot looking him dead in the eye the whole time. Like, Jack, you're better than this. You're not, actually. You're really not. But you should be better than this. Like, and I get you can just go, oh, but just fix it in post. They shouldn't have to... That's so stupid. It's such... Like, it, it annoyed me. And I... Yeah, okay. I'm looking forward to seeing where Jack goes. I think if he's going to fit in anywhere, there's going to be Lucha Underground. I hope, I really hope he keeps his real American gimmick because that's going to just be ultimate heel for a Mexican Lucha promote. Well, Mexican, inverted commas. It's not actually Mexican of all part, AAA. I, I don't know. But in any case, just I hope he keeps his real American gimmick going. Um, Dragonless Tucker and Drago had a great match, as you'd expect from those two. Like, just massive fun lucha spots. Always fun. Vampiro sounded really bored in this episode. Like, is he getting ready to just pack it in? Because Matt Striker was his normal yuppie self. But, what was going on with Vampiro? Like, why does he sound so disinterested? It wasn't an uninteresting episode and then next we had my match of the week if we don't count takeover and money in the bank um the penta versus uh, matanza is so good so good i can't think of a better match this week really like it was just so good um they, they just work great together and i love the story of okay penta's beaten him so he has closure there but he still can't break his arm so he wants to try and break his arm and also i still love the Dario Cueto is just well dad is just Dario Cueto in a beard <laughs> actually I ran into my friend on a bus today and he was like um yeah, yeah. I was like oh I love that Dario Cueto's dad is just Dario Cueto in a beard he's like shh don't break kayfabe it's great Lucha Underground is just it's the world I get lost in the most because it's the most different like there's magic gauntlets and shit I love it like seriously if you haven't watched Lucha Underground go watch it from season one it's the most bingeable wrestling show in the world like even if you know the results just the, the flips are fun. You never get sick of flips. Never get sick of flips. That should be Will Ospreay's next shirt. But next up, it's the best time of the year to be a wrestling fan if you watch New Japan. It's for G1, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be end the competitors in a second, but I'd just like to say how happy I am it's all going to be in English commentary. Because I actually, like, I know some people go, oh, if you're really going to get into it, you need to watch the Japanese commentary. Which, don't get me wrong, I, I'm fine with the Japanese commentary. Actually, what, during the Super Juniors is preferable, especially when it was just um, fucking Kevin Kelly on his own, who I stand by is a fucking awful commentator when he doesn't have someone like Steve Carino or Don Callis to jump off of. 
But no, like the G one's so good. Like last year, actually every year it produces match of the years, and it produces match of the years. They get forgotten about. Like I went over this last week. Just, they're gonna get forgotten about, and it's such a shame. But I'm really looking forward to this year. Like, there's no real surprises. Like, I was speculating some surprises. Like, Jeff Cobb could have been there. Morrison could have been in there. Um, Jericho was a remote possibility. A very remote possibility. But, yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, it's a really good lineup. It's basically the lineup you'd come to expect. But the lineup that you come to expect in New Japan is sort of like complaining that you asked for the Beatles and got the Beatles. You know, it's just sort of the best of the best. Um, and basically nothing more. Unless you could throw like AJ Styles in there and Johnny Gagano. But we can't. So here we are. Um, the blocks are um, Makabe, Elgin, Tanahashi, Okada, Jay White, Yoshihashi, Balak Fale, Hangman Page, Evo and Suzuki in block A. And in block B, Juice um, Robinson, Goto, Ishii, Yano, Tamatonga, Sonada, Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Now let's start with block A. Um, it does speak a lot of how good a G1 tournament is when you have Okada versus Tanahashi in a block. And that's not what the most people are talking about. Um, Hangman Page is in block A. That's good. Like, he, he, Hammond Page is good. Hammond Page, like, he's one of those people who, like Juice Robinson last year, where he could go in and have breakout performances and suddenly everyone will love him. Like, because he's, right now, he's basically just, he's one step above, for Westerners, anyway, he's like one step above Chase Owens, mostly because we, like, he's, if chance like you're seeing a Bullet Club member. He's also there. Like, if you've seen Cody, he's going to be there, etc. But he is really good. He's been part of, he was part of one of the best matches ever so live. I mean, he had a decent showing. He's never put in a bad match when I've seen him live. And I commend that because some people have put in pretty bad, bad matches when I've seen him live. And it's been ultimately disappointing. But also, I, I think people wanted Cody. They weren't going to give Cody... Ring of Honor weren't going to give Cody over for the G1. Ring of Honor still runs shows during the G1. Like, the wrestling world doesn't stop during the G1. So, asking Ring of Honor to give up, what is its top star? As much as he's not my favourite guy in Ring of Honor, like Don Castle, Jay Lethal, even um, Jonathan Gresham, these are people I like better than Cody. <laughs> Jonathan Gresham, because I'm a fucking mark. But, I can't, I can't fault him for being a draw, and we're not giving away his top draw. Um, I wish Yoshihashi wasn't in here. Like, Yoshihashi versus Highland Pay is probably going to be the most, the most run-of-the-mill um, thing um, match of a tournament. What should be the best match of a tournament? Um, I, yeah, like, when Don Callis put over that he hasn't done much and um, he might not make it into G1, he still didn't win that match. Like, Juice won that match. So, why? Like, just... Even, like, because someone pointed out there's much more Chaos guys in here. Like, for Chaos guys in here, we have um, Akada, Yoshiashi, um, Goto, Ishii, and... Okay, that's it. But that, that's still a lot of Chaos in there. I think you, you could take Yoshihashi out. Oh, Jay White. I forgot about Jay White. Um, you could take Yoshihashi out and sort of not lose anything i feel like he's never he's always like the match like if it's on early in the morning and it's like oh i've run i've woken up oh shit the singles matches will be standing right now quickly pop it on 
if a Yoshihashi match comes on, chances are I'm running downstairs to make a coffee. Like, I just... I, I, didn't, I know I'm not the only person to rag on him, but still. Like, put Tangaloa in there. Put... But make one of the juniors go heavyweights. I understand that might destroy the division, actually. That's not a good idea. But, like, bring in that side. Like, bring in Jeff Cobb. You have Jeff Cobb. Bring him in. You have John Morrison rumoured. Bring him in. You know, just, like, I think, like, basically anyone in the heavyweight division but Yoshihashi, for me. Um, but, no, Block A looks good. There's some really good matches upcoming in there. Like, um, we're going to have a Suzuki-Tanahashi match. They're always great. A Suzuki-Akada match. Always great. Suzuki Makabe, that's going to be brutal. Suzuki Elgin, hopefully it's better than fucking Destruction in... Where was it? Destruction in Hiroshima was for Suzuki Elgin match. I hope that's better. But no, Elgin Okada, which was an amazing match of the year candidate last year. Um, Tanahashi versus Elgin. Just Elgin versus everybody. I love Elgin. <laughs> oh, e- Evil versus um, Fale should be great. Just, block A is really good. But then in Block B... Um, I I think this is this is by m- most people's estimation the better block, mostly because of the inclusion of Omega versus Ibushi, but just like the quality of matches we could have here, like Goto versus Ishii, like have we seen that? I don't think I've seen that, and and it was probably happened in the G one, but did that ha- would that have happened last? I can't remember that happened last year in the G one, but so many fucking matches, but. That's going to be fucking a bam burner. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ibushi is always a fun time. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Naito is going to be great. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Yano. I'm putting Zack Sabre over here. Um, Yano being in the same block as Omega makes me excited. Um, Yano being in the same block as Juice makes me excited. I feel that's going to be a funny match. Um, but, of course, the headline of Block B. No, it's no surprise to anyone that it's Omega versus Ibushi. I mean, they haven't really fought since DDT, I don't think. Um, I get, I'm not massive on on Japanese wrestling history outside of New Japan, and even then I'm a bit sketchy. I've only been into it since Wrestle Kingdom 9, so please forgive me for anything I miss. But I don't think they fought since D- um, they both wrestled in DDT, and I, I'm just really looking forward to this match. I feel even if one of... I feel the best... Course of action to take. Maybe. Again, where every time I say best course of action in New Japan, understand it's not unlike WWE. I have faith that they can book it better. But the way I'd have it is have Ibushi beat Omega in the final night, which is when they're facing, um, to win the G1 and then sort of build that up and have the story going into Wrestle Kingdom being Kenny knows Ibushi can beat him. And Kenny needs to prove. I think that could be interesting. Or how even have both of them go to a draw and cost each other the G1 final. That could be interesting. Um, if I had to predict a final, it's tough. It's really tough because this field is so vast. And I think Okada might be in the final. Because the champion rarely gets into the final in these things. Despite always being in it. So, I think this is Okada's first proper chance to get into the final. So, I think, like, my dream final, really, would be Okada versus Ibushi. I know they had a match um, for, well, during Okada's reign, well, Ibushi was Tiger Mask W. I think that, I think that's for Tiger Mask he was. But I want to, like, it's sort of like when you watch old Attitude, pre-Attitude Era, and it's Rocky Maivia versus Mankind. It's like, 
in a year and a half, this is going to be the biggest draw, but right now it isn't. Like, Ibushi versus Okada is just mind-blowing. That would be amazing. And you could have a Okada-Omega rematch. That could be interesting. Just, I, I think the most... Like, if we're going for an outsider, like someone outside who you'd expect, I'd love to see Suzuki in the final. I'd love to see Suzuki win the thing. Suzuki versus Omega at the at Wrestle Kingdom sounds amazing. But my pick to win the thing is Ibushi, and my pick for the final, let's say Akada and Ibushi, with a follow-up of Suzuki and Ibushi. Actually, no, with a dream. <laughs> I have a dream of Suzuki versus Ibushi. But it's just fun to say, really, isn't it? And also, it would be amazing. And it's for G1. It's the most wonderful time of year. I get... I I don't think I'm going to watch these many of these live, if that makes sense. Like, I'm going to watch them, like, later of the day. But I'm not... Like, there's so many tag matches at the beginning. And sort of, like, timing when you're coming in could prove tricky. But, again, they're on at half ten in the morning. So, and I'm off college, so... I, I can't see it. I can see... I'm definitely watching everything last year. Like, I skipped a few last year. Like, in the middle, I sort of got burnt out and just watched what was I was told was amazing. But no, this year, I'm definitely going to watch all of it. Because the feel... Like, there's going to be a great match on every night. Well, every morning for me. So there's no point in not. Just what... The G1's amazing. It's worth the price in New Japan World. I get it's very easy to pirate. I get as many sites. I mean, I use both sites for, for Lucha Underground. But it's worth paying for. For G1. It really is. It's worth putting money in New Japan's pocket for providing such great wrestling for, like, the month it's on. Just amazing. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Unpopular opinions. Opinions. Unpopular opinions. na 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 Unpopular opinions. Opinions. Oh, popular pin, yeah, that didn't work. That didn't fucking work at all. I'm leaving that in, by the way. Um, that's, um, we have some more unpopular opinions. I say more. They've been sitting there for a while. Um, Okada, he's amazing. I just don't care for him. From Drew Long. I can see what you mean. I don't... I, I want Okada to lose in basically every match I watch him in. But he's objectively just one of the best wrestlers in the world. I don't think he has the best dropkick in the world. Definitely not. I think like Sonata throws a better drop kick. I feel Show actually throws a better drop kick. Um, Randy Orton used to be able to throw a great drop kick, but he stopped. Yeah, yeah. I but I feel there's better drop kicks than Akada, and I can see like he was on top for so long that it's natural to grow a dislike of him. I think they left him on top for a bit too long, but it but it did make the moment when Omega beat him much better. And he was still having great matches along the way, so I can't really fault it. I can, yeah, I vibe with it. I vibe with this opinion. This is, I, I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree, but I do care about a cat Carter. Um, Desperado was underrated as fuck. From, I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce that. Go look on the Facebook page, you'll see it. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not anymore. I think after his match with Takahashi, he's definitely gained the respect he deserves. But, yeah, yeah, but before the Super Genius, he probably was the most underrated guy on the New Japan roster. Maybe? Yeah, I'd say, definitely. Um, and um, he likes Toa Honey, I can't say that. Yeah, he has potential. I, I haven't seen enough of him, like, I don't really pay attention during his matches. 
So, yeah. I, I can see potential in him from what I've seen, from what limited I've seen. Again, he's sort of always on during the phase of a show where I'm just not programmed to care. So, um, we have some here from... Oh, I can't say that. Um, I can't say... Again, if, reference these on the Podmania Facebook group. I can't... <laughs> I can't pronounce some of his names, especially since I'm doing it on the fly. Um... Evil and Sonata are really under and Sonata are really underrated. Mm. Evil isn't. Evil's over as fuck. Like Evil's the most one of the biggest pops that our age the other week. Um, Sonata, yeah. Like a lot of people don't like Sonata. I get. I, it's the same about say for a lot of these guys. He's young, and I do feel he. But we have to remember with this, with both of them, is that. They're just sort of in a natural position. They will rise up. Remember, like, at one point, Kenny Omega was underneath AJ Styles and then took that position. At one point, um, Okada was underneath Nakamura. They keep being as consistently great as they are now. They're fine. Like, I, I one of them's going to be IWGP champion, I'm calling it. If not, an IC title run. Like, Sonata had a really good match with Okada. Like, I know it's on the lower scale of Okada matches, but it's still a really good Okada match. Both of them actually have had really good matches with Okada. Um, I think good showings in the G1 could set these guys up. Which, for, uh, Eve already had. Eve had great showing last year. I think Sonata needs a few better showings. Like, no one was really talking about Sonata going out um, out of last year's G1. I think maybe he should pick up a, w- a big win against a champion and see where that goes. Um, he hates Osprey and Sabre. I can't really... You didn't really say why, so I can't... I can't really argue the point, but I would say you're wrong. <laughs> but just great. Um, Cody's overrated as fuck. I've been over this before. Like, honestly, the, the last three just sort of seem to be... Like, the last three are the Osprey Sabre, Cody's overrated as fuck, and the Bucks are ass. I can't reply to this, really, because there's no context given to for why you don't like these um, five wrestlers. But I can if if we're going by the common reasons, yeah, Cody isn't the best worker. He's a great promo, good character. Maybe can't really translate that into the ring as well as on the mic. But but he he's fine. Um, the Bucks are ass. Uh, like most of us think the Young Bucks have spent a lot of this year sort of destroying all criticisms they have against them, like the being spot monkeys and um playing up too much to sort of a lighter aspect and not being able to sell like they've had two of the matches of the year in their match with Evil and Sonata and definitely their match with Ibushi and Omega so really I don't see any reason to hate the Bucks right now other than the fact they're popular they're just sort of objectively amazing I get the fact they're everywhere but the Bucks are just really good I can't and Osprey and Sabre mm, I don't I don't know. I don't know why you don't like these guys. The two of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, what can we end on here? I'm just scrolling through. If you can't tell, I didn't prepare for this. Um, okay, people who don't understand Young Lion undercard multi-matches and Road 2s are ignorant fans and just need to learn why those matches belong on the card. I think that's a bit harsh. But I can see what you mean. Like, It's part of the show like this it's not a bad thing the matches are always fun like they're always as good as your average raw main event so 
especially on road teams. You're not obligated to watch him, but at the same time, you can. It's a great way to get feuds going and not burn through all these amazing matches and not to burn out your talent. So really, there's no... It's really the best... The way New Japan run their shows, it's really the best way they can do it. Like, you don't want to be giving away um, Okada versus Tanahashi every week, but put them in tag matches, you can get that glimpse. These tag matches are more teasers for what's coming up than they are, like, to be taken seriously as match-of-year candidates. Not every match has to be a match-of-year candidate, because otherwise everyone would have broken bones and have lost a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that's a good one to end on. I'm probably ending the segment next week and find something, some other fun way to end these shows. Well, actually, we're going to be having rapid-fire shows, so really I have months to come up with a new segment. Um, I'm going to quickly end by talking about Strong Style Evolved. Not the match, just how confused I am about it. I'm not going to Strong Style Evolved. For the record, I am at Transmit that weekend. But I don't. Like, it's definitely a Rev Pro show. That's what it is. It's a Rev Pro show. But it's being advertised as a New Japan show. It's just weird. There's a lot of New Japan talent on it, and it's being headlined by Akada versus Sabre. But, yeah, it's for, it is for the most part a Rev Pro show. It's being in a in the mask of a New Japan show. Because Rev Pro shows sort of devolve into um, New Japan shows. I, they, a lot, most of Rev Pro's talent is imported, especially from Japan. So, from what I see, I don't watch Rev Pro. But yes, I just wanted to mention because it's a bit weird, isn't it? Like it was, it's build. It was billed as New Japan's first show in the UK, but they're not pushing it at all. It's not even on the New Japan um, schedule if you look on their website. Like, so it is a Rev Pro show. So I, do, I just think it's a bit shitty to call it a New Japan show. But with that. We're on that somber note. We start with a somber note and end with a somber note. Oh, that's bad. Um, that that's the end of the Young Line podcast. Um, hit me up on Twitter, Oman ninety seven, I believe. Oman ninety seven at Oman oh four oh one is one of them. I'm called Chris O'Brien, and you know this. Um, go catch some of my work over on Light and Nerdy. Always a fun time. Um, go watch more on Podmaniac because Rob and Gareth do great work. Um, I hope to join them one day. Right now, I am like the kid on the playground. Just like, I, they're on the slide, I'm on the swings. I'm just like, the swings are fun, man. But I wish I, could, I, wish I was cool enough to play on the slide. <laughs> this is making me sound super fucking weird. So I'm going to end this before I f- go further down a rabbit hole. Bye, guys.